Today's podcast is brought to you by Patreon sponsor John Charlton. If you'd like to learn how you could sponsor the podcast through a small monthly recurring donation, go to schooloflaughs.com forward slash Patreon. We're also brought to you today by Audible. You can download over 180,000 titles from Audible and listen to them right there on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It used to be called Books on Tapes. Now it's just Audible right into your phone. Check it out. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash school of laughs to get your 30-day free trial and a free book today. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here, and thanks again to John Charlton for supporting the podcast through Patreon. I appreciate that, John, and look forward to seeing you on the next Google Hangout. I missed you this past time through. Hey, Rick Roberts here. We've got a interesting podcast today. In all of our years of doing this podcast, which is like two and a half years or something like that, uh, I've never really done an episode of If I Was Starting Comedy Today, What Would I Do? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and when I say we're going to talk about it, I'm going to have in with me Gavin Miller. Y'all remember Gavin from the first 50 to 70 episodes or so before he went off and had a baby. Uh, he's, he'll be back in, and we're going to talk about you know what steps I would take, the three or four things I would be aware of and focus on if I was on the perimeter looking in, thinking about starting stand-up comedy. Real quickly, if you are starting stand-up comedy from scratch, I do have the online writing course. It takes you from uh, zero to 60 as quick as you possibly can go and tells you everything you need to know about writing jokes, how to structure jokes, what to cut out of the joke, uh, what ad, what you know, taglines to add to a joke, how to do it, over a dozen different techniques. There's assignments in there. There's different levels to the online class where you can get feedback if you'd like from me on your homework, or you can just take it self-paced. All that's on schooloflaughs.com if you click the online class tab. All right, let's get into today's episode with our friend Gavin. A blast from the past, past, past. <laughs> Joins me across the microphone, Gavin Miller. How's it going, buddy? Oh, so good, so good. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Gavin has a beautiful baby girl. How old yes. is she now? Uh, she's eight and a half months. Eight and a half months. Yeah. So she's uh, been on your radar for almost... 17 months yeah. from the... Almost more time out than in, yes. <laughs> as, as we've been told. <laughs> she, she's almost an Audi now. Yeah. And things going all right? Uh, I know it's yeah. exhausting, probably. It is... When you... I should, I should listen to you about everything, but when you said it is going to be hard, like, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know that I would be crying almost every day. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, but, but then, and laughing. It's It's... It is the hardest thing that I – you can't describe it to someone. You couldn't describe it to me. Right. And I was like, oh, I think I got this. Don't got this. No, and you never will get it because no, I still don't get it. every day changes, and it's like every day is super, super stressful. It's the most stress that's good. Yeah. In a, I don't know how to describe that part. <laughs> like, you know, the way I used to describe it and, and still could describe it is you could have – 99% frustration all day long, then they give you that one little smile or a wink, and it erases all of it. Yes. So she, she just, she was going to literally reach over to my TV where I have these very nice speakers, and she was trying to rip out the tweeter from the speaker. Right. And I went, 
hey, no, like that. And she just looked at me and then cocked her head to the side like a cheerleader or something and just smiled and gave me this huge grin. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Rip the tweet around. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I couldn't. It's just, it is as good as it is bad and as bad as it is good. It's yeah. both things at the same time. Yeah, it just keeps you on high alert 24-7. And so you're pretty physically and mentally exhausted. I remember shortly after having our first kid um, driving to a gig it was supposed to, I think it was in Little Rock, just past yeah. Little Rock. And I'm pulling in maybe 20 minutes from Alabama. I'm like, oh, I took 65 instead of 40. Oh. And then I had to go all the way across oh, the block. And oh, I was like, man. that's baby but brain, you know? A hundred percent. You cannot, you don't process information in the same way anymore. That That is, it's like you're learning how to use a new brain. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. I just... It's so different. Your priorities, your all those things. It's just everything. Everything. <laughs> There's you, nothing that's the same. And you've got you have to have one part of your brain thinking about the other person in your house now, from a safety standard, from a oh, everything yeah. thing. And so it's you, you have diminished brain power. Yes, it, it, you're you're always on sort of life <laughs> life alert. You, yeah. Even when they're sleeping and. People think, oh, well, just put them down for a nap. They'll be fine. You can do whatever you're going to do. No, because every second you're thinking, I think they're still alive. I hope. I mean, they're probably still alive. Right. I'll, should I go in there and check? No, if I go in there and check, that's crazy. That's That makes me nuts. They're fine. But I should probably go in and just check. And so then you look in and you try to see if their little chest is moving. That is, it is panic stricken. And then you're like, okay, this is my supposedly relaxing time. Right, right. Like, I know. It would be the point where a plane would go over and we're like, that didn't wake the baby up? I know. Something must be wrong. Right. Then we would tiptoe in that would yes, wake the baby up. Yes, yes. The floor creaks like one little bit. And they're like, hey, what's up? I'm up. I'm up now. And you're like, maybe we should get rid of the dog because the dog doesn't understand. <sighs> yeah. So this is why I came here today, because <laughs> it got me out of the house, and I don't have to think about it. My wife is watching the baby. I don't have to think about it for at least the next 45 minutes. Yeah, and that's a, that's a nice separation there for a little bit, get yes. your brain going. Yeah. And, oh. and also, the reason I wanted to have you in today is, you know, I had never done an episode where we talked strictly about what if we started today, What if and, oh. you, and you kind of restart and reboot, and I knew My it would take, gosh. Yes. you know, nine months to a year before you can yeah. even think about trying to do something for yourself. And literally there was a moment, uh, it was like maybe a couple, two weeks ago, something like that, when uh, my friend Lee uh, Harden started to uh, look at doing a show at a um, at a local coffee house that's near me. He was starting it up, first show, and I was like, that's, I got to do this. Let's go. I was like, so yeah. I called him up. And I was like, when are we doing this? Like, what's going on? I will help you. You know, I don't. I don't even know if I have any time to do like to do on stage, but I'll help you run lights. I'll, I just need to get over there, and I need to start. I need, or I need to restart. Right, got to reboot. So, get in. The, yes, get in the I, system. I felt the moment that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's say if I was starting today, and I know a lot of people listening are thinking about starting. Yeah. You know, quite a few of you have been steamrolling for a while now, but I get emails every week. Somebody is uh, on the fence about what to do. Like, where should I start? And, man, there's a million things I could say. But instead of typing those into an email, let me just get an, an episode yeah, out here. for sure. And, of course, it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt, adjust as necessary for yourself. <laughs> so if I was thinking about starting stand-up today, the first thing I would do is go grab me a, a couple of notebooks, pen that I enjoy using, yeah, and make sure I have time to think about it. And so whether it's a, a spot in your house, maybe you got a back porch that's nice and quiet, 
maybe it's the hammock, maybe it's just as you're driving to work. Yeah. Start using that time to think about ideas you want to present on stage. Don't even worry about jokes yet. Just like start listing everything that's ever happened to you that a you mean events or events. like thought just uh, I would start but not try to everything. think jokes. Don't, Don't try think, to think jokes. I, I think if you try to start thinking jokes right out of the gate, gonna, it's going to stymie you a little bit. Yeah, because you're like, well, that's not well crafted. Paralysis a little bit. Yeah, yeah. paralysis by analysis, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I have. <laughs> yeah, so I would maybe I would get that notebook and I would just put headings at, on the top of each page, and one I would just put, you know, uh, stuff that happened to me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, you know, okay. And you might have 10 pages of that stuff. Sure. But, you know, funny things that happened. Everybody listening had at least a dozen times when they were a kid where they thought they were going to die, like they had yeah. done something horribly <laughs> wrong or they got injured. Yeah. Those are always good to talk about. Yeah. So just make sure you start kind of taking inventory of your life experiences. All right? Uh, think about the times in your life where you were the most angry. Oh, yeah. Because those oh. are like polarizing moments in your life that – Audiences can identify with with all the emotions. They have some energy behind them. Yeah, yeah. So think about times you you know almost gave up on something. Times where you thought maybe you're going to marry one person and that didn't work out. Breakups, relationships. Relationships are always great material. Even if you're married now, you can still talk about relationships growing up. Yeah. Uh, before you get into your own relationship, pra- <laughs> practice writing jokes about people you no longer know. Yeah. <laughs> before you start writing about people you do know. Yeah. Uh, think about. People. I like that stressful moments because I, I would just it immediately brought me back. I thought, God, what do I talk about? And then I was like, uh, the birth, the birth of our baby. Not that the birth was all that great, but I wanted to strangle the doctor. Oh, yeah. Who was – I I mean, I almost lost my mind and was thinking, can I – how do I escape a hospital with my baby? I know. And, and uh, there was a moment that I was like – and so in- instantly when you said that, I was like, oh, that was a great one. I, that was so angry. I was almost hovering above the floor. I was so angry. Oh, I'm with you. And everybody, you know, if you've been through the childbirth thing or been on the side of the bed when it happened, that's definitely a story. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is, guys, there are enough proctological exam stories out there. <laughs> I know that that, like, registers number one on everybody yeah. that ever takes my class. Like, i got to write about this. I'm like, go ahead and write about it. But, but every it's been single... done a billion times. Yeah. And it's really not the most clever thing to talk about right. in the first place. But go ahead and get out of your system, write it. Um Think about your family members, like, uh, you know, early on, I talked about my crazy Uncle Chuck, still do. Yeah. Uh, your parents, they did some weird stuff. You spent a lot of time with those folks, hopefully. <laughs> I know not everybody did. And maybe, <laughs> maybe if you that. didn't, talk about yeah. that. You know, and then from there, start to kind of figure out, you know, where am I in the story? So I could have a story about my Uncle Chuck, but, like, if I'm not in that story, it's it's not as interesting to the audience as if I was. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, maybe, like, I've got a story about my uncle. He's got a glass eye, and he never got a new one. Like, yeah. That's the, that's the thing that sure. started me thinking. So I made up a story about us getting him a new one for Christmas. Right. <laughs> so which made me think, well, we had to let him know that we are going to get him one. Yeah. And so what was his response? Right, right, right. And so I could have gone, like... He could have got really angry, which would sure. probably have been predictable. That, like, hey, man, you need a new glass eye. Yeah. But instead he's like, hey, you're the one has got to look at it. Knock yourself out. Right. <laughs> and for some reason, knock yourself out gets a laugh, whereas I tried 20 other things. Yeah. But now I'm in the story. I'm engaging with him. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Instead of just like my parents decided this would be a great idea for him to get a new glass eye, and that's how we'd – and you're devoid. Right. telling You're telling a story that you think is funny, but you weren't part of the funny. Right. I can't just bank on the glass eye itself being funny. Being funny enough, yeah. It has to be how – he sees it. That's a bad word to say. Yeah. <laughs> he sees it. How how he is in the joke, where I am, where the other people in yeah. the room are, 
And then, you know, we could have done it for his birthday, could have done it for Christmas. Christmas seems like sure. a bigger thing. Yeah. And then his reaction to it. And then, it's real vi- <laughs> it is real visual. It's I mean, vi- I know. I, that I did not mean as a pun either, but, but people can see Christmas. Right. People can see holidays. They know you're standing there in sweaters. They know you're supposedly having a great, you know, family yeah. time, not a time to be discussing someone's glass eye. Right, right. Yeah. And so... You know, There's already some energy to it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they can identify with it, and then they might be able to envision somebody in their family that has something yeah. like that that needs replaced or what have you. I mean... That reminds me... I love... This is going to be a great podcast. We're going to have the ADA over us. <laughs> but I remember when I was little, and I was like maybe seven or eight, something like that, and we stayed with my grandparents who had... Uh, been taking care of uh, one of our great aunts or whatever and she was missing a leg uh-huh. and when we slept on the floor all of a sudden I rolled over from my sleeping bag and saw every leg that she had ever had <laughs> underneath <laughs> the bed <laughs> and so I was sitting there like oh god like I didn't know I didn't know that she necessarily didn't have a leg it never crossed my mind but right. I just saw a I don't know maybe probably six or eight like fake legs underneath a bed and so that all of a sudden when you mentioned about the eye i remember that panic moment oh, like sitting see. there and I, but i was thinking like could i replace that not just we were there visiting but like could i put it on a thanksgiving or a something like that you know yeah. something to be thankful for having a leg what you know oh yeah well you could even think about i mean you could put your daughter in that situation oh yeah and say like even if you would never visit her now or if she's passed on or whatever you could just say we're visiting one of my relatives who has yeah. a leg and my daughter like crawled on the bed and all of a sudden she's like dragging out. out a leg <laughs> like you walk back in the room she's got like six legs yeah. and yet she can't stand up yet <laughs> right you know, or something. right yeah so it's like what are you doing yours work yours work yeah <laughs> so uh, it's, that's very like i just picture like and why would you keep the extra legs? i don't know it, i assume she grew makes, out of them or they made better ones but yeah, that's what i assume but it was but I didn't – my little mind didn't know that as I turned over and saw it for the first time. Yeah. Maybe like there's a couple – some of the legs have shoes on them and some I, don't. You're yeah. Like, How come it's those – my fancy dress leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So, yeah, definitely bring in – I love that. Any of your crazy family. Family and – And you might be somebody that wants to talk only about current events and all that stuff too. That's fine. But I think if you start digging into the family stuff, your stuff will resonate with audiences. And it's harder to steal. Well, and you can also hit those political things – from the perspective of your family. Like Even you can better, say, yeah. we were at the dinner table and my father said blah, blah, blah about the president. And so there, then I said this, you know, you can make it personal, right? you know? Yeah, you can take, that's a good point. You can take things that you might be thinking of right now, but you might be thinking it on the side, like, you know, I can't say this, they'll boo me. Yeah. <laughs> or the, you know, but that, if that's, if you're saying something that charges the in, energy up in the room that much, it's probably something you should say, but you can make your crazy uncle say it and you yeah. can react to it yeah. in the way the audience reacts yeah. to it. Or you can react to the way the audience reacted to it in the voice of your uncle or someone else. Sure, yeah. But utilize that all your family, all of your life experiences. If you went to you know college, think about roommates that you had. But that's what we're writing down. I think so. Just yeah. even even if you're not writing the whole story, just write the name of it so you can come back to it later. Don't forget. It. I, yeah, I forgot the leg thing. I should have I should have written that down. I yeah. will write that down as soon as we get out. Here. You should. And it's <laughs> it's like right now we're just getting the seeds. We're not even yeah. planting the seeds. We're just like going through and, and picking stuff from our brain, and more stuff will come as we write. When you start writing those stories, more your things brain will come just to starts you. working on it. Even when you don't think you are, it, it really does. Yeah. But if you get those things down on paper now, you have no excuse for, I didn't have anything to write about. Yeah. Because that'll be the first thing that happens to you when you first start out. You're like, you know, what can I talk about? I can talk about anything and everything. Right. So I'm going to talk about nothing because it seems too intimidating. Yeah. 
But if you have those stories, think about the stories you tell. There's Most people have one or two stories they tell a stranger or, or a new acquaintance yeah. to kind of break the ice. Uh, familiarize yourself. Familiarize with yourself. Yeah. And then in that notebook, too, you know, list a, a heading for embarrassing moments. Yeah. Because those, I mean, there's some comics that make a whole living out of embarrassing moments. Mary yeah. Ellen Hooper, one of the cleanest comics out there. Yeah. <laughs> all she does is just how she did something wrong. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny every single time. Gosh. So what was your most recent embarrassing moment? Um, I actually had, <laughs> this sounds terrible, I had poop on my face um, well, there in you a go. Kroger. There you in go. the Kroger grocery store here because apparently I can't change a baby's diaper very well. And I was... <laughs> Like having one of those moments where I think I guess I touched my I t- it touched my hand and then I touched my face. Of course, I washed my hand. The baby is totally clean. I walked out, checked out from the grocery store, and I had spent like maybe fifteen minutes strolling around. Got in the car, started the car up, looked in the rearview mirror, and realized I had poop on my face. You're like, oh my god! And I was like. What has this? What have we come to? Like this is. I used to be cool. Right. <laughs> I, was, I went to college. I studied I, all these things. I played drums in front of thousands of people. Now I just walk around Kroger with poop on my Looked face. Like Aaron Neville got a big I, old <laughs> milk was, dud sticking up it there. It was like. I mean, I thought I would. Done, you know, I just hopped in my new car and just rolled that couldn't thing be any down cooler and, and then couldn't, couldn't be, be any cooler. Cool. Yeah, I'm a cool dad. I got a baby. I got this. Yep. I, I don't. No, you, this. <laughs> yeah. no, I think that's good. Yeah. You know, anytime. I mean, that's literally. <laughs> it was the moment. It was just like, this is who I am now. Yeah. Like, I used to be someone else. I am somebody now who this happens to. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a germaphobe. Well, yeah. I think I throw that out it's the window. Over. A kid. Over. So you could take that a lot of angles, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, what kind of friends do I have? Like, you know. If I've got poop on my face, and what tell yeah. me? There's no way they're going to tell me broccoli between yeah, yeah, my teeth or right. salad or what have you. <laughs> I mean, I need to maybe you need to get a new bunch of friends or yeah. Man, send me all the people you encountered along. Then you can backtrack the story. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, because I went to the self checkout thing, and the guy had to to like come over and help me like with the computer screen because it was broken. So I was like, I had an interaction. It yeah. wasn't like I just got out of there. Yeah, man. And maybe you're wearing your Chipotle shirt. And <laughs> you were the reason for all the. Yeah, the uh, yeah. oh, what Your, was that? The sickness, e- yeah. They, I don't know if it was hep C or e-, e. coli or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. They, oh god. They wiped out a lot of people. No, but that's my life now. So yeah, well, so I'll I'll for sure write that embarrassing moment, you know, down. Yeah, write them down, and then uh, you know, and then talk to another thing too is talk to your friends. And say, you know, has there anything funny happened, or have I said something funny that you didn't tell me? But later you thought about it, and you start getting all that stuff right in a place. That little notebook's going to be your best friend. And that, notice when people do laugh. Yeah, like absolutely. notice like the other day I was talking about to my friend about some gutters that were on his house, and all of a sudden he just starts laughing, and I was like, "Oh, there's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's relatable. Yeah, but there's some stress moment that he had that obviously he thought was you know funny, and so." Yeah, uh, little moments like that where someone else's laugh laughs. Um, now I can pay attention to that. Yeah, pay attention, and you know, once you get that first laugh, and you realize it, push them harder and see if you can get a second. Yeah. And then, <laughs> as soon as they walk away, you write down a couple of notes. <laughs> and uh, and then another thing too is is in situations like that, or any situation where you have, encounter somebody else, uh, a lot of times you'll walk away thinking, "Oh, I should have said this. That would have been hilarious." Yeah. Well, in stand up, nobody knows that you walked away. Yeah. So you say that, and that. Is part of the story. Yeah. So don't think, don't think just because something happens that you have to tell it the exact way that it happens. No, that's so. That's kind of my second little point here is, you have the freedom to change any experience you've ever had. Yeah. 
to make yourself either A, look dumber, which is great for comedy, yeah. or B, say that clever line that you thought of two days later to that yeah. person that broke up with you and said that they needed more yep. space, and now you can tell them exactly yeah. how much space they need. Totally. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and, the, and, and like if you're just starting, like, like you said, if today was the first day, all those experiences that you're writing down, those just – those are the – the seed yeah, yeah. for what it will be, not necessarily the end product. Not I mean, at all. So that that's like, you know, it sounds very easy for us to like just laugh back and forth or whatever, doing some things. But then it takes, it does take some guts to even write some of those ideas down because you know you're going to have to revisit them and work through them. But like, they're just the seed, so you don't have to. Don't be critical about the things you're writing down. Right. In fact, that's a great point. Don't even think about being critical when you create. So you, you, you have two sides of your brain. One's creative, one's analytical. Yeah. And as you're writing stuff down, if the analytical side starts chiming in, it's like, hey, that's not funny. You don't write that down. Yeah. you got to silence that voice. You know, there's a lot of different workbooks and stuff out there that I've gone through over the years. And my favorite was The, the Artist Way yeah. by Julia Cameron. Yep. And so – it's a, it's like it's a I can't remember if it's a thirteen week program or whatever. But one of her main things early on is uh, when you hear that voice in the back of your head, give it a name, yeah. the critic or whatever, or yeah. Jimmy or John or Susie yeah. or whatever, and just tell them to shut up. Yeah. And if you're writing something down, you're like, well, Susie told me this wasn't good, so it's probably great. You yeah. Know, just shut up that stupid voice in the back because you can't not even when you're typing. You know, if you're trying to be grammatically correct and punctuation, forget That's, that. Yeah. If you're typing on your computer, all these ideas, just let it go and get them down. Yeah. Because you can always come back after you've really fleshed it out and start to edit it down. And that's why I, I do like the physicality of writing it like with a pen or pencil in a notebook because it forces you to sort of work on the idea as it comes out as opposed to being able to just delete lines and then they're gone forever. You right. know, it just just rewrite it, but don't don't necessarily erase, <laughs> you know, erase things as you're as you're doing them. Yeah, and if, even if you start to scratch something out, I I really would advise scratching it lightly so yeah. that you can come back to it later when you're not angry or whatever that yeah. made you scratch it out and see there was something in there. Totally. Uh, you may just you may not be ready to tell the joke yet. A lot of these stories you're writing down, you may you're not going to be ready right off the bat yeah. to hit the stage and just work or them ever. Out. It may so, not even some be, may not. Yeah. I mean, as you sort of figure out what you're doing and who you are and, and all those things, they may not even be stories that you want to ever tell, but they may be some other idea. Right. An idea for a commercial or an idea for a movie or a YouTube short or, or something for somebody else, you know? Yeah. An idea for some someone else who's like, hey, let's do a writing session. What do you got, you know? Yep. A lot of ideas uh, may not end up being a good joke setup, punchline kind of yeah. thing, but it could be a great short video. Yep, yeah. A great short, maybe tweet you know, you can tweet all this stuff out, too, when you start getting yeah. into it and see if there's some reaction to some yeah. of this stuff, too, you know. But you want to be able to create without criticizing yourself and really create and give yourself time to, to work on it. So, you know, this little idea book, I want you to keep it in your car. I want you to keep it on your desk at work. I yeah. want you to keep it next to your bed because you will think of things, mm-hmm. especially as you're drifting off to sleep. Yep. And there's a great Mitch Hedberg <laughs> joke. It says, you know, the other night I thought of a great joke – before I went to bed and had to convince myself it wasn't that great, so I'd have to get up and write it down. Yeah. <laughs> but when your yeah. brain finally gets free, and that's why driving is important to, to give it that space, turn off the radio and just let your mind wander around. The mind-wandering thing, it sounds like laziness to somebody, like because I just push forward with everything. And it sounds like laziness, but it is so vital like just to give your brain time to like relax and get into that 
spot. I per- personally have to go somewhere else that's not my house mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But, like, I don't know. As you start to work on it, as being your first time, like, you'll figure out where your places are or right. where your, when your times are. It's probably not right before, you know, your wife gets home as you're watching the baby and you're trying to get the house ready. That's probably not your best time right. to, like, be writing things. But, like, middle of the day, maybe you get a, a Saturday free, go calm down and go you know, yeah, do you, you got to give it the space and yeah. you're going to find when you first start that there's not a lot of free time because you're doing something already that you're going to have to give up, which yeah. is my third point oh. is what are you going to give up so that you can start? Yeah. Stand up. The baby. I'm giving the baby. Up. You know, <laughs> it's right over. there. You got 23 hours. Back. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but unless yeah. unless you really take stock oh. of your life right now, you're not going to be able to just realistic expectations. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You're not going to be able to begin stand-up unless you give something else up. Yeah. You've already filled your day somehow up until this point with something. Now, if you're a golfer, there's three three to four hours every time you go out that you yeah. can recoup. If you're watching ball games, you know, I know when it first, first when I had kids, you know, it was like, I don't have t- three hours where I can watch the ball game. Right. And that was kind of good because it kind of – I was big into watching the NFL. For, yeah. For no re- what's the NFL ever done for me? Nothing. Zero. <laughs> Nothing. And so I might watch 20 or 30 minutes of a game. Yeah. I might fast forward through a game and watch the 13 minutes of action. Sure. But to carve out three hours to watch the Titans is, means zero to me yeah. now. You know, to carve out time to watch the Kentucky Wildcats, different story. I'll still do that. And, and there's you, more games in that season. You pared down what you were doing. But I got rid of all yeah. the other stuff going on on the side. And, you know, because I just realized – I can't go full steam ahead if I'm dragging all this other stuff with yeah. me. So think about what you have that you can get rid of. And I know some people are listening like, I'm doing the bare minimum now. That's why I want to be a comedian because they do the bare minimum too. Yeah. Well, a, Sometimes a you business work comedian. super hard to go down to the bare minimum. Like, right. That's, that's what I'm finding. Like, okay, so my wife uh, works absolutely full time. She puts in 10-hour uh, days and I watch the baby at home. And then she has Thursdays off, and so that's when I go to work, and I go do construction. As we've talked about before, I do a bunch of construction uh, stuff and building, and so that's when I go to work. And so it seems like I'm on a, a like one of those little hamster wheels that oh, yeah. going a thousand miles an hour, you know. But like we've talked recently, and you know, we, me and my wife, had to have a talk and go like, okay. Yes, it is nice to have that little bit of extra money from you doing construction on the off days and stuff. But A, not only do we have no time together because we're never even in the same house almost at the same time. But B, like she was like, you want to do other things. If you don't start those things, you'll never start those things, you know, because you're on that hamster wheel. And so we already said like, well, we're going to have to take our make a decision to take our income down a little bit so that I have some kind of time like those moments uh-huh. like getting being able to to decompress my brain, work on something creative, go write jokes about baby poop on my face, which sounds ridiculous. It sounds stupid to most people who are just starting like why would you go lose money or give up money? that you need in order to go write these stupid jokes. And it's like, because I don't want to be doing construction for the rest of my life. You know, I don't want to do it. I want to do something else. 
that's the and now that my brain fog has started to clear yeah <laughs> we finally be able to have those talks you know yep you got to carve that space out and it, it's going to take you a lot longer than you think like that's yes. the other thing when you're first start you oh. might think well you know i could start doing stand up and probably like a year or two later and quit my job and that is extremely yeah. rare. Yeah. Uh, unless your job was really bad to start with. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of where I was when I yeah. got it. Well, depends. I was in two little phases when I first started where I had a decent job. Then I kind of quit that because I didn't like it. And then I had side jobs. But the, the key is really knowing that it's going to take a long time and you, and you have to be realistic. I mean, you know, two to three years just to kind of get rolling. Yeah. And that's if you're hitting open mics two or three All times time. a yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, it sounds enough right now for some people to stop listening and go it's, I don't have that time right well we just saved you that so go back and do something else yeah. but if you really love stand up or you think you do it's going to take a lot of time it's going to take you know once you get all these ideas written down you know you're going to either hit open mics you might take a comedy class I won't definitely do that say that too hard because yeah. everybody knows I teach one but yeah. I really wish I would have had one first starting out yeah. so I could at least see what to do with all that stuff that was my moment of starting you know what, two years ago or however long ago that was uh, but I was literally doing some garbage work for somebody else, and I was literally folding his underwear. And I was like, "I want out of this." I was like, "How do I? How do I start the process of getting out?" Right. And so I I looked up your class and took that. But that was like my moment, you know, of starting that whole process. Granted, the baby and getting married and all those things has you know thrown and quitting my job and all that stuff has has. Uh, has thrown wrenches in those things, yeah, but yeah. they're starting to get put back in the toolbox. <laughs> and for those of you that aren't familiar with Gavin, how he went from folding some man's yes. underwear to having his own baby. Uh, I was just going to leave that, like, <laughs> let it go. He was a but, personal assistant, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, listen to the old episodes. They're great. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it's It's kind of mind-boggling how long the ramp-up is. And, and, a, and a class is one of those things that can help you uh, save a lot of time. You know, and, and the investment usually is pretty small compared to how much time you're saving. Yeah. If you don't do that, you, you go to open mics and you just kind of work through it and and see how to tell the jokes. You watch other comics. The, the tricky part about that is there's a few things. One is typically none of those comics are going to be interested in helping you helping at you, the yeah. beginning <laughs> because they're worried about their own thing and they're, yeah. paying, they're not even watching you while you're up there. Right. Maybe the first time just to see, hey, there's somebody new. Yeah. Second, um, you're going to be – Going into, I can see you have like a million years of knowledge that you're trying to like bring down. Yeah, I don't want to be overwhelming, but like when you hit an open mic and you're brand new, and they say you've got five minutes, you're just gonna go up there and talk for five minutes. Yeah, and you really don't know where your setups, your punchlines, or any of that kind of stuff are. Yeah, and so it's gonna be a little frustrating, and a lot of people end up quitting after doing two or three open mics because they can't figure it out. Right. Whereas a class may help you get things focused faster. Yeah, and you'll that, know when things are happening or not happening and why they're... The why is the most important. Yeah. Like, I didn't know forever why my jokes that didn't work didn't work, and I didn't know why my jokes that did work worked. Right. And it wasn't until I kind of defined it and put everything together for the classes that I'm like, okay, well, this is stuff that you can teach. So whether it's just watching people and learning that way, yeah. taking a class, um, but you need to find some place to kind of get the joke together and it's take it to either the stage. an open mic or a class or something. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have something to start. You can't you, do it at home. That's the thing. You can do the writing at home. You can't do stand up at home. Right, and that's that's the good and the bad. The good is you can always be working on material. Yeah. And the bad is there's only a few nights that you can probably get out. Yeah. With your current situation to try things out, but you need to be trying them constantly and working those open mics and getting better, getting more fluid. 
it's just a lot of moving parts at the very beginning. And any <laughs> of those things can back, you know, set you back if you feel uh, like you're not accomplishing what you set out to do. You know, it's just not realistic. It's yeah. going to take time. The other thing to think about is also, you know, t- honestly, it's just like investing. Uh-huh. When you before you even spend money on a stock, you've already decided when you're going to sell high and when you're going to get out low. Yeah, if if you're doing it right, pragmatically, yeah, sure. And so with stand up, you know, what's a realistic time frame for getting rolling? You know, three years of hitting it multiple times yeah. a week at night, getting the ball rolling. What, it's realistic mean, just to kind of get yourself acclimated to performing on demand. When you don't feel good, boom, you can hit the stage. Okay, so maybe two to two and a half to three years, something like in that, to start getting paid for something? Well, you can or, get paid earlier than that. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not a lot. Right. But what I'm talking about is to, to feel like you've been through a majority of the situations that, that you're, you're going to be in. Okay. And, you know, I also a lot of times say 100 shows. Okay. And, I, I remember you've said that before. Yeah. yeah. And 100 shows, you can do that in three months if you're hitting the stage <laughs> sure, yeah. pretty heavy. Yeah. You know, you can do that in half a year easily if you're hitting the stage quite a bit. You can do it in one week if you come back here for the uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but when I say 100 shows, though, you cannot do that same five minutes 100 times. Yeah. It's over 100 shows where it stretches out to be a year, year and a half, or whatever it is, that you're developing new material. Yeah. And you're getting better at writing stuff. And the stuff you wrote your first few weeks, a lot of that you'll never see again. It was yeah. like training wheel jokes. Sure. You'll look back and, and laugh at the fact that you were even going to talk about that. Right. Yeah. And also, too, you won't realize how many things you're talking about that everybody's already talked about. Sure. Because the first jokes every comedian thinks of are pretty obvious, and everybody thinks of them. Yeah. So it's dialed into who you are, and that takes time. You know, And it can take, like I say, at least 100 shows to kind of yeah. feel like, I sort of know what I'm doing. I know how to put a set together. Yeah. I know how to tell a joke a little bit. And you know, from there, I would after 100 shows, I would take stock and say, you know, is it worth what I've put into it so far? Yeah. And if not, should I put more into it or walk away? Yeah. Because last thing I want is a million guys clogging up open mics that are only doing the same five minutes three uh-huh. times a month. Yeah. And they wonder why they're not getting any better. You know, <laughs> then I guess the last part of that whole thing is uh, try to find some comedy buddies as you go through those open mics. Yeah. People that are starting the same time as you are good. But people have been in it a little bit longer are great mm-hmm. because they've already they've been far enough past where you're at where they can tell you how to fix some of the stuff that you're yeah doing wrong working now. on. So Ooh, I would that is so important. <laughs> I would write with the people that are starting at your same level for a little while, yeah, and then try to always be grabbing onto somebody that's a little further along than you, and and you know reciprocating, helping them with whatever you can for their think, time. But I think that in a certain way that probably feels weird to some people who are thinking about trying comedy because you if you're like me you're you don't want to talk to anybody else you want to be introverted you want to be you know you think you're starting to stand up as a solo only venture but like that totally isn't what it is you're up on stage i guess alone but all the other stuff that you're doing in order to get all those shows and show up and Talk to the people who are running the show. Mm-hmm. Talk to the other comedians. See if there's other shows. Do, you know, that stuff is very, um, you know, group oriented. You know, and it's not a team. It's definitely not a team. No, it's <laughs> but, a, but you'll notice there'll be like a group of sub clicks or what have yeah. you. I mean, if an open mic had twenty people, there's probably four or five little clicks sure. within that. Yeah. You know, the outliers, the people who are there every week, the people who are just super friendly and they get along with everybody yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't met that group yet. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not as many of those as you would like. Yeah, but it's also 
kind of figuring out where you are in that group. And yeah. you know, I had a recent student just just say, you know, I've been doing open mics for a while in town, and people weren't inviting me on shows. And I asked one guy why, and he's like, well, you've never asked to be on one of the shows. Do you want yeah. to be on my show? He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, then he got on the show. Done. Easy. So yeah. you, you can wait for a while, but at some point, you know, if you feel like you're not being asked to put on shows or whatever, just ask why. Yeah. And it might be something as simple as you've never asked why. Gosh. Or the other great thing is they can tell you why. Yeah. Well, because we always say to do five minutes and you always do ten. Yeah. We always say it's going to be a personal, clean show. You <laughs> no. do a dirty set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you got to have thick skin if you want to get into stand-up. You yeah. have to be able to ask for some feedback and then listen to it and take it objectively. I, you know, some things you might know why you did it and they may not understand what was behind it. And stick with your guts, you know. But if somebody's giving you some feedback on technique or structure or whatever it might be, you know, listen really hard to that because that's stuff that you it's, – think, it's priceless. I think the other thing that stuck out for me a little bit is because a lot of comedians are super smart and they internalize a lot of things is that when you're at the shows and stuff, try not to – judge yourself based on what other people are doing who may have been doing stand-up for 10 years right you know you like i walk in and i see some guys who are running an open mic here and i'm like my lord that guy has zero problem like he's amazing you know from my perspective and it's like so if i compare what i go up and do three minutes and fail at to him that's not good for me right (laughs) you know i can i can appreciate what he's doing and go like oh you see how how he how he looks around the room or see how he uses the whole stage, even though he's not obviously walking around all over the place like a frantic person. Uh, there's little things you can you can kind of pull from each person that's doing things, good or bad, but, I mean, especially the good people. But don't – it really hurt my feelings, I guess, what I said to myself after a few of those – first open mics it was like you're no good that other guy he's so much better than you right. like he must have been just sitting at his table going my god this guy's an idiot yeah like it yeah. was horrible <laughs> yeah you're always going to be worse than a lot of people yeah and you'll be better than a few and then over time you start moving down that ladder a little further and then you're better than a lot of guys yeah and then hey you're better than most and totally. that's when you start Making a career out of it, yeah. And launching it from so there. So keep keeping keeping those. Yes, the end goal, but also realizing you're at the beginning. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> long journey. Yeah, and it's a, a fun one. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Oh my gosh, <laughs> met tons of crazy people and had tons of crazy. And I think I've only got like three states left to go visit. Oh, that's I've, crazy. I've only not performed and been paid to perform in three states. So. Oh. My, that's that's a bucket list for a lot of guys, yeah. but I'm really close, and I could probably knock those out if I just went and did it. If you just if you just asked, yeah, that's the thing is I'm not <laughs> I'm waiting asked. for somebody to ask me, but yeah. nobody in Connecticut knows I just I just stand up. <laughs> the folks in Hawaii don't think I want to travel there, so yeah, you two guys in Maine get it get it going. Get it, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, send us out a. <laughs> and, uh, you live in Maine, Hawaii, or Connecticut. Yeah, I've not been oh, paid to perform in your state, and I would love to. Yeah, cool, man. So just to recap what we went over today, if you're starting today from scratch. Have that notebook at all times. Jot down at least the title of a story that happened in your life and then go back later on and fill in that page with all the details you could think of. That'll give you something to work on and take to the open mics and start working out or take to your first comedy class and start working through. You have to give up something that you're doing now to take on stand-up because it it is all-encompassing. It it does take time. Once you flick that switch in your brain and you get to the point where you can start seeing things comedically, it's all day long every day. So. But to have that time to sit down and write and how long that time should be is different for everybody. But I would say give yourself at least an hour 
uh, every couple of days. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't push it harder than an hour any of those days when you first start because you're new muscles getting it going. Yeah. It's going to take you 20 <laughs> minutes. burn out. <laughs> before you start. Twenty It'll probably take you 20 minutes to get into your routine, 20 minutes to write, and then 20 minutes to kind of convince yourself you did enough for the day. Yeah. But block out some time. Uh, realize what priorities you have already. There may be reasons why you should not even consider doing stand-up right now. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever your household situation is like, make sure you're taking care of priorities first and responsibilities and then get into this new venture. And then have that thick skin. Be ready to take some yeah. some criticism and take it and use that as fuel to make things better. And then go enjoy it. Like, Go enjoy the nervousness of it and go enjoy it. That sounds crazy, but like go and enjoy the process that you're writing jokes and getting to go tell them. You'll never be more excited about stand-up than when you first start because oh you have gosh. no idea about all the little things. It's like electricity is going through you. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. It's the best time ever to fail because nobody knows who you are, so it doesn't yeah. kill your career because you don't have one. Absolutely, yeah. And just get up there and knock it out. Cool, man. Well, Gavin, good luck with that baby. Oh, God. Hey, you uh, I, got I'm a little really... something on your yeah. face. <laughs> Right Thanks there. for telling me, finally. <laughs> Thanks again, bud. Thank you. Well, there you go. Gavin Miller popping back in to help us walk through uh, the steps I would take if I was starting stand-up comedy from scratch today. And uh, a lot of you out there listening are thinking about it, and hopefully today gave you some ideas of at least what to expect, some realistic expectations, and what goes into becoming a stand-up comic. Another reason I wanted to have uh, Gavin in today is to celebrate we are now at 100,000 downloads of the School of Last podcast. Uh, compared to other podcasts, I don't know if that's great, not good, I have no idea, but I think it's impressive, and I appreciate you guys listening and downloading us over 100,000 times into your players and into your ears, and hopefully some of this advice is going to good use and uh, you're moving forward in your comedy career. That's going to be it for today. Don't forget, join over there, audibletrial.com forward slash school of laughs if you want to pick up a free audio book. Uh, that helps us out here on the podcast, as does Patreon. I'll talk to you guys next week. Stay funny and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.